Today, we're addressing the first and most important pillar in campus culture. It's people. Grab your backpack and meet me after the bell. I'll see you there. Want to know how to really improve school culture? Hey, I'm your host, Jeff Veely, and this is the Campus Peace Podcast. Join me after school as we discuss how to empower students, boost staff morale, and squash squabbles. Well, hello. Welcome to the Campus Peace Podcast. So good to have you here today. Uh, I'm excited because this is the next part in our series on the four pillars of campus culture. Uh, Today, we're going to be talking about people. Man, if you got people problems, <laughs> or maybe you have people around you right now that are struggling uh, to find their motivation. I think that's all of us in 2021, right? Uh, 2020, a little rough. We get to 2021. We hope it's going to be better. And let's be honest, it's been sort of a hot mess so far. But today I want to give you some hope and I want to give you some uh, skills, some new strategies or ideas, perhaps, on how you can motivate people. Now, last week, we talked about setting a peaceful culture vision for your school. Uh, We talked about uh, how without vision, people perish. People literally can like die on the inside when they don't know where they're going. So if you haven't uh, yet, go ahead and listen to uh, last week's episode. Uh, You can find it on YouTube. You can also catch up anytime uh, with an audio version over at campuspeacepodcast.com. And we did an activity that'll really help you cast some vision, especially here in the new year. Not talking about resolutions, not anything cheesy like that, uh, but I'm talking about how you can actually set a vision for your school, what you want the culture to be like. And the number one factor in determining culture is people. Of course, with schools, we're talking about uh, folks like teachers. We're talking about school staff, right? Leadership, administration. We're also talking about uh, folks that drive the school bus, folks that are in the cafeteria. And then, of course, there's parents, there's our students, how they're uh, interacting with one another, and our community members. And all of these things come together. You know, it's interesting to me, a lot of times people will be, uh, especially parents, they're sort of upset if their school culture is not what they would want it to be. And what I have to often remind parents is that school culture is usually uh, just a snippet or a glimpse at society as a whole. Issues we're having in the world are often reflected in school. Schools are having to ramp up mental health services because of folks that just are struggling to stay healthy in that area. We focused on health and fitness, right? Physical, phys ed. We've had gym class and all those things for years and health classes. But man, mental health and addressing it is more important than ever. How do we get all of these folks, the staff, the the parents, the, the students, different members of the community, how do we get everybody focused and moving in the same direction? It can feel really confusing, Sometimes we wonder, how do I get these folks to move? And so today I want to give you an idea. We have this little uh, piece that I want to pull up here on the screen, which I think can help you. It's called uh, the kind of our three tr- trong, pr- three-pronged excuse me, training approach. And uh, if you're watching along uh, live, you can see this on your screen. If you're listening to the podcast, uh, I'll describe this to you. But the idea is that we have students, parents, and staff all moving in the same direction. 
I've taken that circular peace sign that sort of looks like it has an arrow at the bottom, or maybe you see a, a chicken's foot when you look at it. But man, uh, if you look at this, we're getting everybody to move in the same direction. So I've taken this arrow and I've taken these three prongs and labeled that students, parents, staff. And the path they're on is training. And they're all moving in the same direction. And that's what's beautiful. That's what can be hard is getting everybody, of course, to move in the same direction. How do we do that? Well, you'll notice the peace sign, uh, that circular peace sign. You may have seen it on your favorite hippie t-shirt in your closet, or uh, maybe you're seeing here in front of you. It has four sections, empathy, encouragement, education, and empowerment. That's the peace sign approach that I teach. How do we get folks to move in the same direction? Well, we have to empathize with their struggles. We have to encourage them with their gifts, their talents. When they're feeling down, we've got to lift them up. We've got to educate them. We've got to provide them with the information, which then becomes the knowledge, the wisdom to go where we're going as a school. And finally, we have to empower people. What does that look like? Well, for me and my role, it looks like uh, teaching people skills, role-playing or rehearsing how to use those, giving them an opportunity to try it where we can give some feedback. And that's great. If you study the, the stages of learning, you'll learn that that's a key piece, being able to try something, being able to fail, find some mistakes, and then move forward with that support. I often uh, say, uh, people say, Jeff, you're a, a motivational speaker. And I say, well, I hope not. <laughs> they say, what do you mean by that? I said, well, you know what? I found that inspiration wears off. Motivation wears off. I don't change people's lives in my work. What I do is I teach them skills and I empower them to, well, change their own life. When you empower someone, you allow them to be the hero of their own story. And that's the key. If we can empower people, that is the key. It's not inspirational. It's not motivational. Instead, it's transformational. It's transformational. A friend of mine uh, does a lot of work in Africa. He's actually a part of the African government, and he has uh, the ability to influence uh, in this country, which is a struggling country, who can come in and help. And he could sort of put the gate up and decide who doesn't get to come in. And I said, how do you, you have a lot of different, uh, you know, missions, organizations and uh, NGOs. They want to come in and they want to help the people of your country. How do you decide who gets to come in? He said, Jeff, empowerment. He said, if you're going to come in and you're going to give people a handout and you're going to leave, you will leave our people worse than before you came. You are not allowed in. But if you're going to teach folks a skill, if you're going to build them up, if you're going to show them something new that they can use after you leave, well, then it's like that old saying, you're not giving a man a fish, but you're teaching him how to fish. And he said, I'm all for empowerment, but those are the only folks I let in. I said, well, tell me about your leadership. How do they show empowerment? He said, I'll tell you. He said, the president, he actually closes down all workplaces two days a week. I said, what? Never get away with that in America. He laughed. I agree. So two days a week, he builds hospitals in schools with the people. 
I said, the president? He said, yes. He gets out on the front lines and builds hospitals and builds schools to show the people how important it is to build your community from the ground up. He said, in our republic, Burundi, after wars, after all sorts of different things, he said, you know what, this is the only president that has been able to make this much progress. And it's because he leads from the front and he empower people, empowers people every step of the way. I don't know about you, but to me, that sounds like a pretty cool culture. That sounds pretty powerful to be able to empower folks all the way, empathize, encourage, educate, empower. Let's say for a second that uh, you are getting on a bus. Let's say you're a school administrator. You're the principal driving the bus and you've got all the staff gathering around and you say, hey guys, I want you to climb on the bus. We are going somewhere together. Everybody hop on the bus. So imagine this, you're driving this bus and you've got to get everybody excited about where you're going. People are getting on the bus. Now, let's be honest. I don't know how the last time you took a, like a bus trip, especially across several states, but I've taken many. I have to ride buses sometimes in, uh, in my touring and stuff. And it's not so glamorous. I would much rather fly. I would especially much rather fly first class. I actually have never done that. <laughs> I always fly coach. But buses, it can get kind of stinky. It can get kind of smelly. People are close. You feel the bumps in the road. There's just less options, I feel like, on a bus. And it takes longer. So, you know, getting on the bus, you really have to get people excited about the destination. Because there's going to be bumps along the way. It's more likely you could get a flat tire or something like that. And this is where we come back to vision. What do you say to people to get them excited to come on that bus with you? I want to tease back to last week a little bit. I think it's so true that without vision, people perish. If you're on that bus trip... Think about uh, the folks on your team. Now, you don't have to be just a school administrator. You could uh, be any person of influence. Everybody has influence in some area. Let's say that that bus breaks down. Who's the person that's going to fix the flat tire? Who's the person that's going to open the hood and help you figure it out? That's a good person to have as your right hand. That's a good person to encourage and continue to uh, let them know how much you appreciate them. Who's the person that's going to sit back on that bus and complain the entire time it's broken now? Maybe that's someone you don't want on your team. Someone that needs to move to a different area. Or maybe it's someone that you need to use the golden rule with a little extra and show a little extra grace to. We all have folks on our team that are the helpers and are the complainers. And sometimes it's both. <laughs> and they could be the same person on, a, on any given day. But typically, we stray in one direction or another. Who are those folks on your team? Who's driving the bus? And does everyone know and believe in where they're going? Relationships are so important when it comes to people. What's difficult is uh, if you're involved in a school, uh, especially as a staff member, you have to maintain uh, relationships with your students, with fellow staff, your peers, uh, the community, bumping into people in the grocery store, you know, even if you're a hot mess in your pajamas, you know that mom or that dad's going to come up and ask about that, their kids' grades. 
<laughs> how their behavior has been. It just happens. I know anytime I've like been sick with, uh, you know, with something and I got to go to the store, I'm like, oh, I just need to pick up some cough drops. Like you're going there, you're looking at a hot mess. You're bound to run into somebody. Sometimes maybe it's a school board member. Those are real rough days, aren't they? And that person has questions. What's that relationship like? You know, uh, I'm reminded of the words of uh, James Comer. He said, no significant learning can occur without a significant relationship. How much more powerful is our learning when we have significant relationships? It's so incredible when we get to invest in people. And the cool thing is uh, I heard someone once say that it's very difficult to make a withdrawal in a relationship when you've never deposited anything. People are like bank accounts. We have to think of this human capital investment constantly investing in other people. And what's great is the law of reciprocity kicks in. When we invest in others, they in turn want to invest in us. When you invest in someone else, they in turn want to invest in you. I think that's pretty cool. What do people need? How do we help people thrive? Uh, you've heard this before, I'm sure. This comes from uh, Maslow's hierarchy of needs. It starts with those physiological needs, air, fought, water, food, shelter, sleep, clothing. <laughs> There's safety needs, knowing that you're secure, knowing that you're safe in your environment. That's difficult these days with COVID. We've seen so many things in the past many years of school shootings. Uh, not feeling like you have enough resources, not feeling like health is a priority, not having the, the property that you need, some of the tools that you need. This all can wear down on safety needs. As we go up that pyramid, we see other things. We see love and belonging, feeling like you're accepted, like you're part of a community, intimacy, family, sense of connection. And then next is esteem. How you feel on the inside, respect, we're talking self-esteem, self-worth, but also status, recognition, strength, freedom. And then finally, we get to self-actualization, which I sort of think of as mastery. When you feel like, oh, I got this, baby. I got this. Maybe you've been just working in your field for a long time and you feel like you've reached the pinnacle, the peak. This is the top of the mountain where you're looking out and you're grateful from where you've come from. And you know that there's anything you can tackle now. That's the desire to become the most that you can be, the desire to be the best, the desire to keep pushing forward. If we're honest with ourselves, we, we never fully achieve the top, right? Even if we've mastered something, if you have the right attitude of wanting to grow as a person, you're always trying to become better. You're always trying to take that next step. And here's the interesting thing. Uh, the more deficient someone is, the less motivated they are. The more negative they can become. The more toxic their behavior can seem. The more venomous often their words are. It's simply someone whose needs aren't being met. We could talk about that in terms of staff. We can talk about that in uh, angry parents that may pick up the phone, but we can also think about our students. We all know that kids that aren't healthy socially and emotionally, they don't succeed academically. It makes it much more difficult. And that's why I focus on social and emotional learning because I know when social and emotional needs are being met, it gives that kid the best chance at success, not only today, but in their future. 
Research shows us years and years and years into the future, it's making it more likely that they're going to succeed, to have a happy family, to achieve their career goals, to go to college, to have positive and healthy uh, mental health, a sense of self, all of these great things. The higher we go towards those mountains, not just our basic needs met, but those things like love and belonging, esteem, mastery, or self-actualization, the higher we go up that hill, the more motivation increases. So ask yourself this. Do your students, do your coworkers, do they feel like their basic needs are being met? They feel safe? Do they feel like they belong? Is there this is there's a sense of esteem? Do they have some positive feelings going on on the inside? Are they connected to folks on the outside? You know, and if the answer to that question for you or someone you know is no, how can you be a part of that solution? How can you be a part of encouraging that person? You might say, Jeff, I'll be honest, I'm not really filled up myself right now. Well, Go ahead and listen again to last week's episode. Take some time to cast some vision for your own life. Take some time to just look back at what you've been, uh, where you've come from. Make a list of things you're grateful for, thankful for. Because if you can do that, that will help you be a powerful person. And it will also help encourage the people around you. People, programs, policy and process we're gonna be talking next week uh again taking the next step into the four pillars of campus culture helping you build a golden rule school a school where students staff parents and even the community can see you're making a difference thanks so much for tuning in today next week we're going to take a look at programs how you can decide which ones are effective which ones aren't and uh it's great test to see what messages are being put out and if they're congruent to your people. Thanks so much for watching. I look forward to seeing you next week. And remember, you can always catch the replay of this. If you can't join us live, we're going live the next three Wednesdays. Again, 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Facebook and YouTube. Just search Jeff Veely. Otherwise, catch the audio version anytime at campuspeacepodcast.com. I'll see you later. Take care. If you enjoyed today's show, please help me achieve an A+. Simply take a moment to rate and review the show wherever you're listening. Then catch up on episodes and grab some free resources over at campuspeacepodcast.com.